Warning, the Bonsai Beat contains explicit language and may not be suitable for all listeners or fans of Neo Genesis Evigallion. Several anime companies have gone bankrupt. 1,337 anime fans have been sued. All the while, the Bonsai Beat has been there to deliver you the latest in news, show reviews, and discussions from both the experienced and novice anime fans' point of view. And now, broadcasting from a deserted island so Funimation's lawyers can't find them, here are your hosts, Delokun and Zach. Everybody, welcome back to the Bonsai Beat. My name is Joe Lacuna, along with Zach. We hello, made hello. it. It's the last episode ever. <laughs> Number 300. We made it 300. And we're just going to go dead. You know what? I, I didn't think we'd ever make it. Fun fact. I don't have the fact, so maybe this is a dumb way to phrase it. Fun fact question. Uh, when did we do episode 200? Because I feel like I started like 148. And I wonder, so like, I want to say 2011, but let me look because I know. I mean, the, 2011's when I started, but there's no way we did 200. No, 2011 then. wasn't when you started. You were more 2013. Because 2011, well, 20, no, sorry, 20, late 2010 then. Sorry. Um, essentially, I had just moved down to Charlotte. Hmm. Uh, let's see. 200 was recorded on okay or don't tell me windows come on okay it wasn't july 19th 20th 20. so now i gotta go <laughs> back and look on the feed one second. Sorry, I thought Windows kept the actual creation dates. But it looks like it only updated when I moved it into the file. When I got a new computer in 2020. Uh, mm. Yeah, god dang it. Okay, one sec. You're putting me on the spot here and I wasn't ready. Yeah, I mean, this is interesting. My very first episode was 143. Future Diary oh, really? and Future of okay. the Podcast. God damn, that was early then. I'm sorry. I know what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of episode 100 then. Yeah, 100 had to have been like 2010 because I think you're right. I joined at the end of 2012. XML. Oh. Okay, here we go. Uh, BB 200. Okay, here we go. Uh, okay, we didn't do too bad. March. Uh, March 1st, 2015. Okay. So. I mean, it only took like three years to go from 148 to 300. Or to 200. And then it took uh, eight years to do instead of six, I guess. I, I guess I was trying to measure the relative slowdown, but honestly, well, it's, it's not too bad. Yeah, I mean, I'll be fair too. I used to record on a weekly basis. Mm. So, like, there's a lot of episodes that were released from 1 to 100, 1 to probably 150. I mean, even when you started, we were recording pretty regularly. But as we uh, both got older, you know, priorities change and... You know, as much as I like the podcast, I just don't have it in me to watch fucking 25 anime a month. But, you know, tell that to my 
my my backlog from last year. So who am I to talk? As I watched the most anime ever last year. <laughs> True. Yeah, I just went. It just one. you know, the, it, to, for me, it's. I just you know I get my spurts. And I think you've started hitting them too, where it's like, you'll be like, oh man, there's lots of good anime. I'm gonna watch a bunch, and then like you're like, ah, uh, the last thing I want to do is watch anime. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it wasn't to, like, bash the relative slowness, because I'm at peace with it. It was more to just, go like, get a scope of my life as a podcaster, you know? I I just turned 30 this month, like, two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. Old man Zach. Right. Remember remember the good old days when you were young and and just, like, out of college? (laughs) No, but, like, no joke, because, you know, when I started, I was 19, almost 20, so I'm like, holy shit, this is very (laughs) much a time, time capsule of my life. So that's why it's fun to think about, like, where was I on episode... 200 and if it was march 2015 that was like three months before i graduated undergrad i was only 21 (laughs) which is crazy oh man actually march would have been right after my birthday i'd be 22 yeah but it's it's funny because you look back at what we reviewed then or even just like stuff you watch and you're like that only aired then that aired seven years ago it feels like i watched it yesterday (laughs) <laughs> yeah and then there's some because we've continued sword art is this one for me i didn't know the first sword art aired in like 2013 or something oh, I know. like it's it, wild it seems more recent but it's been over a decade now <laughs> so it's yeah it's it's kind of both like i remember watching baka and test like it was yesterday oh but like, yeah but like that was a decade ago for me and i watched it you know a couple years after it came out mm-hmm. and meanwhile like sword art in my brain i'm like yeah that came out like a few summers ago and it's like no it's been 11 years <laughs> i know and i just watched the movie i went to the movie theater and watched the latest whatever oh. it's called was and... kirito as present as he looked like he was going to be from the end of the first one yes fuck I was so excited for it to continue just him being such a minor character, but nope. No, he has taken over. It is now the Kirito and Asuna show. No, I missed the other girl. She has fallen back to, you know, sidekick status. That's a shame. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited to watch it and bash on it, but... Man, Sword Art's such a weird love-hate relationship now that I've brought it up. Like, most of the time I'm just reviewing it because I know it's going to be awful. And I get to bash it. And then, like, sometimes it's good. Like, the beginning of Alitization. Where, you know, it's no harem members. It's just him and Yujio. But then, it has, like, the worst part of Sword Art ever seen. With, like, the rape apologist scene at the end of the Underworld arc. So it's like... And then they have this movie where I'm like, oh, it's so good. Kirito's not a main character. And then suddenly he is again. Yeah. It it's, it's such a roller coaster. Because, you know, like most shows, they're like consistently in the tone I don't enjoy or a tone I do enjoy. You know, you can usually watch a show and be like, is this for me? Yes or no. And Sword Art like is so inconsistently for me and not for me. <laughs> it's It's really weird. Because you think, like, they would by now, after 11 years, know, like, what fans they're catering to. And maybe I'm just the weird one, that I can't decide what I want. Uh, but it really seems like they're not catering, they don't know who to cater to. they like, it's so different in tone, depending on what kind of sword art media it is. It's so weird. Yeah. The Gun Gal one was entirely different, too. And not better, but different. Like, it just, it baffles me that they don't stick to, like, a formula. Which, you know, I guess I applaud, because I don't want it to be all formulaic in, like, season one, or else I'd be very sick of it. But it's just so weird that you, you never know what you're going to get. And, like, every other anime series that has had success for, like, over a decade, you know exactly what you're getting. And Sword Art's like, oh, I'm going to do something wacky. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And, like, what's, <laughs> what's frustrating about the movie, this latest movie, is it's just like, oh, the two biggest guilds are fighting each other. Oh, man. And now they're going to win something that makes it even more unfair. And one guild likes to kill people. Like, it's just so 
somewhat they wasted money and an effort and energy to tell this hour story, hour and a half story. And I left the movie like why why did I care? You know what I mean? Like mm. at the end of the day, it's like cool. Kirito and Asuna are still together and they take these small four steps forward and, and you know, Mito shows up but, but she's only briefly there. You know, like it just I didn't care for it. I just thought it was a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Know, I, I like the fact, like you said, that in the first one, Asuna was the main character. Where now she's just Kirito's like lackey. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're partners in this one, but at the end of the day, like they do explain how she got a rapier, though. That's good, I guess. The rapier, or whatever <laughs> you call it, the yeah. rapier. I don't know how you say it. I'm sorry, but her sword. Mm-hmm. It's rapier. But it's so insequential. Like it's just like, oh, I took it to. I got it from Mito, and she just took it to a vendor, and they outfitted it with better stuff and oh isn't that cute she she keeps a sword because you know she got it from you Mito and uh, it's just yeah at the end of the day it's just I don't know it wasn't worth the uh, $17 emission I paid for it yeah that's what I'm saying it's frustrating because um, if it was just like to hate watch and review I would be on board but I'm constantly, like, I, I could have guessed it would have went the other way. You know, I found the first one. Not great, because it's the exact same story we already mm-hmm. know. But, like, pretty good, because Kirito wasn't in it. And the dialogue was good. Um, so it's just really weird that, like, every time I sit down to watch Sword Art, I don't know what to expect. And it's often not a good thing. But it is an impressive thing well, that after 11 years, I can't peg what it is. I also wonder, though... Am I the right audience? Like, yes, I've seen every sort of online mm-hmm. except the Ordinal Scale movie. And uh, I don't remember things from season one. I remember mm-hmm. the big beats, like the big events of season one. But like, you know, his sister doesn't play any kind of... uh, Like, it's just strictly... They got into the game, excuse me, they got into the game, and now they're stuck, Jesus Christ. Um, And uh, at the end of the day, it's just like, cool, you're just rehashing the story. Like, they went from what, uh, room one or two, floor one or two? When the movie starts, I think they're on like floor six. Or floor Mm. four or five. Like, they skipped rooms. Yeah, I mean... And All they did is beat the first floor at the end of the movie, and they walk out into like the the forest area of two. Yeah, so like like tip. there's like a mechanic in like floor four, where it's like collecting like gems and shit, and you can get like stuff for it. And we have a scene where like Asuna's super into collecting the like all this treasure and shit, and they're like, you know, it's just, and they talk about it at length, like, oh, this one does this, and this one does that, and. You can turn these in and get this and that and the other thing. And I know all this because I was a beta player. And we used to call these people like collectaholics or something. Because people would stop <laughs> playing the game. And they would just sit here and collect and farm the 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 doodads you find. And, you know, do it quick because people are going to show up soon. And, and this and that and the other thing. And, you know, it's just like, ah. Oh, I don't care. Yeah, I just. It's bizarre. Yeah. So, but yeah, I wasn't too excited. I was disappointed because, like you said, I wanted more Asuna uh, screen time. At the end of the day, I want her to tell her story, but you you kind of can't. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, well, she got the first movie. I don't even know if there's any more coming out. I mean, I'm assuming there is. I mean, let's see. Yeah, I guess I didn't any see the sequel, but. Sword Art Online movies coming out. The new film will arrive in theaters in the United States on February... Oh, no, that was the new one. Okay, the new film will be on February 3rd. Yeah, that's the one I saw. Um, 
Yeah, there's literally nothing. Well, hold on. Here we go. Sword Art Online Progressive 3. Release date, speculation, plot, and more. This is from The Digital Fix. Hmm. Uh, apparently it's one of the most beloved anime series ever. Of all time, according to this website. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, not in, like, recent media they've made. It's, like, consistently, like, hundredth. We get to see Asuna and Kirito like never before. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, there's nothing here. Currently, there's no Sword Art 3 yeah, uh, release date. Um, eh, whatever. I, I just, I don't know. Like, I want to keep watching them just to see if they get better. But it's kind of like, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's, I keep saying it. It's like we've invested all this time and energy into it. And I want to do a proper review like we did the first movie. But this mm -hmm. one, I mean, I'd, I'll wait for you to watch. But at the end of the day, um, I, I don't know. You know, is it really worth is it it's, it's pretty worth. consistently not well it's consistently worth it because i really enjoy talking about it with you but as far as like rating the show i think sword art has only been worth it to me like three times and that was the yuki arc in like season two mm -hmm. um let me think of the other two uh Basically, the first half of Alitization, where it's just the just the bros, just the two boys. Oh yeah, that was good. And Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, and then probably that movie, though I only gave it like a six. I it was refreshing until the end. I just always remember Death Gun with his bullet going through the Ethernet and killing yeah. someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like three times, and they were all related to like Kirito and a woman not being together are like the only times I find sword art enjoyable whenever he has like a harem lackey or Asuna t together with him the show is just insufferable and he's like the the do everything character this is becoming some sort of sword art review oh no but but yeah it's weird it's so prolific and it's always worth it to me to discuss but like I dislike most of them but i do love bashing them but then there's also times where like i would rate like three separate times where i'd give it like an eight or nine out of ten for like a couple episodes so it's weird and i think your take is right that's why i stopped myself like halfway through where i was like you know what maybe it's me that is inconsistent there's not many people that have a podcast and have incentive to hate watch the show you know like we should have stopped being fans if we were normal anime watchers a while ago so yeah, like, but I mean, like, I, get, I feel like I we've invested our me. energy into the show. And, like, they do have... I look at, like, like you said, it's, it's super inconsistent. But mm -hmm. they've come back with really good arcs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, well, Alitization's the perfect example. First mm -hmm. half, great. Just Yujiro and, and Kirito, I gave it, like, an 8. Uh, some of the better action media I've seen, I guess. I liked it a lot. And then the second half, I gave like a 2 out of 10 because it was just like <laughs> pointless battles with no story and like to the point of like subverting what it set up as constraints in their world with like all the people just randomly showing up from other games to uh, the rape apologist scene. I also like uh, the fact that they're like, oh, we have a strong female character now. I've learned my lesson. Oh, he wants Kirito's dick. Or she wants Kirito's <laughs> dick. You know what I mean? Yeah, that too. So, like, it's just really weird. Like, within the same season, the two halves, uh, how do they so inconsistently do the tone? Do they know there's two types of viewers? Do they know there's people like, like you and I that are like, oh, it's nice, this is this is back to normal, it's a normal show. And then there's people that just like all the other stuff, and they're trying to do both. But it doesn't feel like that. It feels like they're trying to be consistent, and they just so often fail. It's really weird. Gotcha. How do Honestly, everyone praised, I, I call this the, like, Arag Aragorn Syndrome, not Lord of the Rings, but the book about the dragons. Uh, Christopher Pallelli, the author, was, like, a big deal 
I remember in America, I was I was a teenager when that book came out because he was like 17 when he wrote it, and then it became a really big fantasy book. And I've heard the same things about uh, Reki, the the story writer, the like manga writer for Sword Art. How he was like very famous for being such a young manga author. And honestly, now I kind of see it like 10 years following his journey of writing and my journey of viewing it. It is written inconsistently and like through the voice of a child who has not experienced enough about life. Mm-hmm. Like it's so weird that it bounces all over the place. And like tones and philosophical takes are just like inconsistent and all over the place. <laughs> it's really weird. And what I don't understand is like, what is it about sword art that made it remain popular? To the point where now it's getting movies and stuff 10 years later. Because look at things like Dot Hack, Batome, um, you know, other fantasy shows. You know, I don't know if you'd want to call them isekai. Because you're not waking up. I mean, you're waking up in another world. But it, this is like, you know, you're transported into the game. Like, this wasn't a new genre. This wasn't some groundbreaking, like, genre, you know, that was like, oh, my God. This is amazing. Yeah, I agree. It- is very much distinct from and now I, just like a what, I, what story. I'm thinking is and I haven't seen dot hack it was just way too many I just no I tried bone I tried Batom. I tried log horizon I couldn't get into them but Same. I'm wondering if it's easy as a viewer to put yourself in the role of Kirito and it's easy to put yourself on top of it so you're like oh I really like this show as in, they're, they're like a good self-insert. Yeah, like that's exactly yeah, that could it. Be. He certainly is like, I mean, if you play games and you are a teenager, you want to be powerful and you want women to like you and you want to help your friends. You know, you want to be the person that's relied on. It's the same thing as like most shonen shows. But I don't know. The, the more baffling comparison, the ones you listed, is Excel World, written by the same person. That's like an entirely that different day show different. in tone. Yeah, right. It's just really weird that... Or they have a strong female lead. Mm-hmm. And the guy is uh, so much of a self-perceived loser that he appears as, like, a chibi, rotund, fat man. That's not how he actually looks. They, like, nod and to his, it. And his that... avatar is a pig. Yeah, they nod to it like it's in his head even in real life. When they, like, animate him in real life, he doesn't actually look that short and fat, you know? So it's like... Weird that he could write such a different kind of insert character. Not even an insert character. That's probably why I like the show so much more. Is that it's not trying to get me to be the guy in Excel World. Like, they're trying to get me to be Kirito. They're just trying to tell a story where each character is their own character. And sadly, Asuna doesn't get to be your own character with Kirito there. Because it's all about you as the person watching, inserting yourself in Kirito's world. And you can't have any strong characters if that's the goal. Because they would be at odds with your fantasy, right? I don't get to be Kirito and imagine my life as Kirito if all these strong women leads are doing their own decisions. Yeah. Really weird. Yeah. Weird that someone could write both. I'm a fan of Excel World, too. <laughs> and it's weird how Excel World never got sequels or anything. Yeah, so that's why I think you're right on the money. I think the biggest thing is self-insert. Like, they're clearly different in tone for that reason. And one was very successful and one wasn't, so... Yep. I mean, yeah. That's more all you really can say. So what have you been watching? I have been watching Cyberpunk. 2077? Nope, just kidding. That's the game. Cyberpunk Edge Runners. <laughs> So do that you wasn't have intended to, play the... to be a, a gaff so much as I just forgot the name of it. There you go. Do you have to play the game to watch the show? Like, if I want to know this, never playing the game. I played the I game for about a half an hour. because I've never played the game. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I've never played the game, and the show made perfect sense. Uh, well, what didn't make sense was its fault of storytelling, not because I didn't get a reference. I... So, yeah, you don't you don't have to watch or play the game. Do you want to play the game now? Nope. Ah, it didn't do its job. I mean, for a lot of people, it did. The game got, like, twice as popular when this came out, and people came back to it. And... Well, yeah, they also patched it, like, a bazillion times. Yeah, that too, but there's... I saw, like, a couple posts, you know, measuring the uptick of, like, players, you know, players that are both buying the game and consistently online. It was measured by Steam, 
And there was a big uptick because of this, because it was so well received. And it was entertaining, but I wasn't a huge fan of the show, which I can get more into later. And also, it didn't make me want to play the game because I know the game is so much different. Gotcha. That being said, if the show was just like the anime, I wouldn't be super into it either. I think people got a little too hype on the anime too, but I don't listen to me. I'm like a crotchety old man now at 30, so. <laughs> You're now entering the boomer phase of your life. Mm-hmm. I did like it as like a very cool sci-fi ultra-violent thing. Um, but like it's been compared to like the sadness of fucking Anohana, which that show is very sad. I cried like the entirety of the last episode. Oh, hell yeah. And it's, and it's also been compared to like the gritty storytelling sci-fi landscape of Akira. And it's like, it's not either of those. So <laughs> people are going too hard with the comparisons, but it was good. It was like 80% of both of those. Though I didn't personally think it was very sad because it it did way too much at once. But I mean, to tell you how well received it was, it is now the third highest rated of all time on Annie List and the fourth most watched thing on Annie List. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. It's so, yeah. So it did its job. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. And it was my, that's my trigger, right? Yep. Well, that is also why. It seems like anything they touch, they turn into gold. True. It did look good. Well, I mean, I have complaints of visually, too, but yeah, it did... In general, look good. There you go. I watched uh, Summertime Rendering, a show that was jail-locked behind the mouse. The mouse. Mickey himself. Mickey himself was like, ha-ha, you must pay me to watch this anime. Which is funny because it's like one of the very rare horror anime. Like, there's not much horror anime and the, the ones That's that exist. That's the thing. I, guess, I was Disney surprised. Owns by this property with how much gore how much fan service how much just everything and I don't want to talk too much about it because because I'm going to watch it yeah I told you like oh my god like the first four episodes were amazing even after the first episode I was like holy shit um so completely, did you start it because you thought it was something else, or did you go in um, knowing it was spooky? No, I, I'll be honest, I watched Giguk, and he'd mm-hmm. mentioned, like, hey, this was something that was kind of jail-blocked behind, you know, Disney+, Plus, so there wasn't a lot of fanfare about it, and then I remember looking through, like, the weekly anime charts in fall... Or you know, summertime or whatever it aired because it's twenty five episodes, so it, right. it lasted two cores, mm-hmm. and I was just like, you know, it sounds interesting. Guy goes back to his hometown, and his friend, childhood friend, died, but everything does, you know, it doesn't, you know, we, what he quickly finds out is things aren't as they seem. And I'm like, eh, it could be interesting. And, you know, I, I didn't know anything about the show. I didn't read this. You know, I, I, oftentimes when I watch anime, it's just, I'll read the summary and go, eh, it sounds okay. I'll watch it. Or someone I watched on YouTube highly recommended it. Or I'm seeing people talk about it quite a bit on, like, Reddit. And I, I'm under the assumption of, if there's lots of people talking about it, it's either a good or a bad thing. You know, but if it's a lot of That's praise, yeah. it, it's one of those things that, like, tons of people aren't going to be like, let's hate watch this show. I mean, generally when it's airing. Oh, excuse me. Um, But, yeah, at the end of the day, I was like, well, I'll check it out. And I, I got the dub, and it was a Blu-ray rip. Um, And so I was like, cool, it's dubbed. I can easily watch it. It's 25 episodes. And I was blown away. Don't really get me wrong. It's not perfect. But for me, my takeaway was everything they showed you, everything they told you in the first four episodes makes... There's always a reason why they're doing something. 
There's like no wasted animation. There's no wasted dialogue early on in the show until all the twists and turns are revealed. But even then, when you think you've got the answers, they change the questions. Hmm. And yes, that is a uh, Rowdy Piper quote. Um, (laughs) Just when you think you've got all the answers, I change the questions. But no, I was shocked. Like every time you're like, finally, they're going to do it. Something happens. Finally, we're going to get to the end of this. Something happens. Finally. Okay, maybe for real this time. Something's going to happen. We're getting really close to the end of this fucking show. Nope, something else changes. I mean, that's really encouraging. Yeah, like, uh. there's always... There's always... Not a twist at the end of every episode, but like when you're getting to those climaxes in the series... And you think, you're like, okay, I've got this whole show figured out. I know what's going to happen next. I've seen this before. You know, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and that's going to happen. Then, all right, they got three episodes, maybe four episodes left. Maybe there's going to be a filter. Maybe there's going to be a beach episode. Maybe there's going to be something, you know. Because they've got B-plots and C-plots going on as well. Mm-hmm. Things are not as they seem. And that's what kept me hooked. Uh, I really, I can't wait to talk about it. I will definitely be buying the show. Um, mm, cool. What I did find interesting, though, is I think except for the main character, um, they had a lot of new voice actors. And I think you can kind of tell they were new because... To me, some of the characters just didn't seem expressive enough. But maybe I'm also just used to listening to Japanese voices where they're maybe over-expressive. Hmm. Wait, you watched them in English? I did. Oh, interesting. But it definitely seemed like a lot of this cast was maybe new to voice acting, Mm -hmm. which is great. Like, that's always been one of... not, Not a complaint of mine, but... You know, you watch the animation sticks out. You're like, ah, I know every single voice actor. Yeah, exactly. And here, I was like, I don't know any of these voices except maybe one. And I, I'll be honest, I didn't go look at the cast, mm-hmm. but I could just kind of tell in some of the voices, it seemed like, like the voice of the cop, didn't really seem like he kind of knew the character. Like you get yeah. used to it, but at the end of the day, it's kind of like. Did this guy know what he's supposed to be doing? I'm definitely going to watch it in Japanese. Um, Similarly to my stance that comedy anime is meant to be enjoyed in English because of timing, I think Japanese is meant, or horror is meant to be viewed in Japanese because, I don't know, like there's, there's something... Not over the top, because that's doing them a disservice, but you know what I mean? Like, the delivery of horror and, like, pain and stuff, I mm-hmm. think it's far better. Most Japanese voice actors pay it, like pull it off really well. Like, Higurashi is, like, that. The only thing that saved the, like, rehash of it they made a year ago or whatever that I gave up on was that they have the same voice cast, and, like, boy, are they good at selling the atmosphere and their emotions and stuff. Yeah, because I mean, like, the English even, one is so neutered. To give you an <laughs> so, example, the mm-hmm. very first scene, the main character is dreaming. And then he, like, wakes up grabbing in the air, and he runs face first into the chest of a woman sitting in front of him <laughs> and gets slapped. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what in the fuck am I watching? <laughs> your normal kind of show. Yeah, I'm like, this is supposed because I looked at the tags, and it was like suspense, horror, sci-fi, and I'm like, you know, it, it definitely was like a false sense, especially early on, because they have panty shots, and for the first time in my life, I was like, holy shit, they've shown us the same panty shot four times. Why are they so fixated on showing it to us? 
there's actually a plot reason. <laughs> I love that. You know, because they would you know, zoom in. Could... Basically, one of the characters they would fly off their bike into the ocean, and there's another plot reason why that happens. But when they should go head over a tea kettle, you know, over the front handlebars, they would show her panties before she fell into the ocean. And like the mm. third or fourth time you see it, I hope I'm not spoiling anything, but they replay it a few times. And I'm like, why the fuck are they so fixated? You're like, this is gratuitous. Yeah, exactly. Even for fan service anime, it's the same. But then, like several episodes later, this is a plot point, and I was like, oh, okay, good. This is kind of weird, but hey, for the first time, fan service is actually being used to to push the story forward. Hmm. Yeah. Awesome. But I won't say anything more. I don't want to spoil. I already feel like I've kind of spoiled it a little. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. That's enough to tease me into watching it. Yeah, and like <laughs> I watched this in maybe four sittings. And this is a 25-episode show, like I said. So I was hooked. And like I said, every time I was like, I got this. I know it's going to happen. Like, something changes and like totally upends the story. Neat. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that it was like when they cry, and I'm like, I'm, I'm on board. I'm on board for Higurashi. Yeah. So at the end of the day, um, you know, uh, yeah, good, good stuff. Other than that, I've pretty much dropped Trigon. I don't mind the vision. It's nothing to do with the visual arts or anything. It's just, I don't care. He's still in the third episode or fourth episode, like fighting the same people he was fighting before, but now new enemies showed up and he's like, we gotta save this town. We gotta save the villagers. The last episode, those same villagers are trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> That's um, enough villagers trying to kill him. Yeah. Now it is sounding like Higurashi. Yeah. A different... And then I'm about ready to probably drop the, the angel next door spoils me. It's pretty boring. I it only watched episode. Sounded and I, very boring. And that's and really, even, oh, ahead, even the art looked boring because I looked at the page. Yeah. Like this show looks like it would put me to sleep. And then I haven't I got, watched any more Tokyo Revengers. Oh, that one still looked kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I definitely want to continue watching. I just haven't had. Fortunately, uh, free time is a luxury I haven't had lately. But uh, I kind of want to get caught up. You can own the new home, but not your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Capitalism, man. Well, if trees stop falling over and I guess start lighting bonfires to burn up this wood, I'll have some time back. Yeah, I'm doing house chores and... Oh, home ownership. You, you trade in one thing for another. <laughs> it's just like the suburb commercials had me believe. Elaborate. Uh, no, that was, it was sarcasm. How, like, since the 50s or 60s, suburban life and media has been, like, depicted as so picturesque, but, like, you are very much at the mercy of your home, if not the mercy of a homeowner's association. Well, thankfully, I have no HOA. I would never live somewhere with an HOA. (laughs) That was the one thing I was like, yeah, if I get a house, I am not getting the HOA, because fuck them. I had one when I had my condo, and, uh, yeah, they can eat a dick. Although it was nice when I didn't have to, like, cut my grass or, or trim my hedges because they did it for me. But Right. I well, that's, like, the the perk of a community more than that's the perk of an HOA. Yeah, and fuck, I could pay someone to do that for me. Anything else you've been watching? Otherwise, I'll do my review of Quintessential Quintuplets. Um... Uh, I'm not even sure I have I haven't been watching anything else I was just racking my brain to see do I even have enough I want to say about cyberpunk to consider it a review yeah if you want we can wait put your thoughts on paper sure sounds good I have nothing else then commence review hell yes (laughs) so uh, quintessential the quintessential quintuplet season one a show that I damn it come on word stop being stupid a show I had heard good things about and I mean it was popular enough to get a dub and a second season 
and then a movie, which also got dubbed and released in North America. So I said whatever, and I checked it out. But I finished the first season in three days. This was actually over Christmas break. I had found this show. Well, I've been watching my fair of share my fair sh- I've watched my fair share of harems. I've seen things like Nisekoi, White Album, and other harems. But this one felt yeah, I different. Like those two. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you named two really good ones. Yes. So. But I guess it felt different, but the same overall. I felt the show didn't take itself too serious. Uh, so basically the main character, Usagi, is the top of his class, but he is poor and lives with his cute little sister, Rhea, and his father. He gets an opportunity to tutor five quintuplet girls for five times the normal rate. The thing is, they all hate studying, and thus begins the adventures of Usagi trying to uh, trying to get the girls to study and pass their exams. Otherwise, he will be fired. From here, every episode is full of idyllic adventures and the usual hijinks seen in harems. Oops, I saw you naked trope. The unequited love trope. The take like six episodes to even bring it up, but the long lost girl who was a childhood friend and that's why Usagi has the top of his class in hopes of finding her again someday. What that has to do with the present is beyond me. <laughs> uh, while there are some risque parts of the show, it isn't chocked full of fan service, but there is some epi- there is uh, some episode 8 they go to a bathhouse, and I mean, it always happens in episode 8. All the girls have their own traits, the hair color. Is that a measurable thing? What's like, that? You kind of you glossed over that. Is that a measurable thing that bathhouse episode happens on episode Usually. 8? Interesting. Yes. I, I have not paid enough attention. It does feel like it's in like the... It's in the back half of the show. Typically. The back third or back half. Yeah, I agree. So okay, the, sorry. Continue. Yeah, no, no worries. <laughs> all the girls have their own unique traits, their own hair color, but Usagi can't uh, seemingly tell them apart with their hair done up in different styles. And this was the first thing that bothered me. It was like, we as the viewer can easily tell the girls apart, but the main character, who spends practically every waking moment with these girls during or after school, can't seemingly tell the difference. Speaking of the girls, they are as follows. Miku, the quiet girl who wears headphones around her neck. She is soft-spoken and timid. Yotsuba, the cheerful, energetic girl who has friends with everybody and yet kind of klutzy. Nino, the sundere, and pretty much hates Usagi. Uh, or it's Usugi. Sorry, it's Usugi. I'm saying the name wrong the entire time. Uh, yeah, I'm used to Usagi too because it means like bunny. That one yeah. comes up a lot. <laughs> but over time, we'll warm up to the main character. Itsuki, she is serious but a crybaby. And she has a love-hate uh, relationship with with uh, Usugi. And wears stars in her hair. And finally, Ichika, who is the oldest... And is seen as the most understanding and willing to be grown up about most things and give Usagi a chance. Usugi, excuse me. And she also aspires to be an actress. Like, that's the most we learn about any of these girls. It's like, Itsuki's like the only person with, like, traits outside of, like, school. While we learn a little about each girl through the events of the season, Aichika is given the most focus, and honestly, I felt like she was the most fleshed out of all five. And even Utsuki was... Uh, we, even uh, Utsuki, we don't know a ton outside of what I've already mentioned about being poor and, you know, single father household, etc. This being a harem, there is comedy, and there are some generally laugh-out-loud moments, but if you've seen more than a few harems, you know, some of the usual events will occur. Uh, what I did like, though, is Yusugi is a, generally a nice person. 
while he likes the girls, I felt like he was either too thick-headed to see it, or as he stated several times throughout the show, he had no interest in the girls, and in the first season, he doesn't foresee anything more than a teacher-student relationship. He is there to do his job, and nothing more. He does develop friendships and such with everything is uh, politic. Or, uh, po- oh, sorry, not politic. Uh, everything is platonic. And it's the girls who develop feelings for Yusugi. And a lot of the show is misconstruing simple or thoughtless actions by Yusugi that the girls overreact to or something along those lines. The most interesting plot point, though, is who the show, who is the the person they show in the very beginning. The entire story is being retold by Yusugi on his wedding day to one of the girls, but we don't know which one. I suspect I know, but again, I go back to Yusugi not even knowing who he was talking to, and we see in the wrap-up of episode 12, one of the girls had changed their look completely. We even see the face, but I'm guessing they'll bring up this more in season 2, because I was feeling like, oh crap, they go back to the wedding day in the last half of episode 12, and I was like, holy crap, so many more stories could have been told. And it was kind of bummed. But then I thought, well, cool. We get like it's a, you know, Ida Kiss situation where we actually get to get past high school and see how things are going, etc. But no. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious where they, how they handle season two. Because they like smash cut in episode 12. Because in episode one, it's like he's like dressed up and like you don't really know what's going on. But you kind of get like, okay, they're at a wedding or something. Like something, something's going on. Someone's getting married. But, you know, you see Yusugi, you know, dressed up in a tuxedo. But as a character, or I mean as a viewer, you don't even know that's him yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It like starts and then it's like we go back in time or it's because he's not like retelling. Like he's retelling it, but it's not like, oh, man, let me tell you this crazy story. Like, it's nothing like that. It just kind of, like, floats you back in time. Right. Uh, the dub was good, and I'm not sure how much more this has been done, but there was a commentary track I only saw for episode one, and I didn't check for the others. I'm definitely going to go back and probably listen to the commentary track, because you typically learn little, like, gotchas or funny things that happened during recording or you know little did you know kind of things um the art style was bright each girl stands out in their own way this being a 12 episode show it goes by really quick and things happen but then the end of uh but then they come to the end of season one and a lot um and a lot of a lot is made of nothing in the long run of the show it just kind of ends with the wedding of Yusugi and whoever the mystery girl is, and that's the cliffhanger. I'm suspecting they know they were getting a season two. Obviously, I've watched the show since the original airing in 2019. The show got a second season and a movie last year. I'll have to watch the second season, but part of me wonders, is it going to be more of the same, or does Yusugi finally develop feelings for a girl? Overall, I give the show a 6, and that it wasn't bad, and it wasn't great. A 6 to me is, it told a decent enough story, and overall it stayed true to the harem formula, and didn't really try anything new. I did like the Yusugi as a character. He wasn't your typical dumb blockhead horn dog of a guy, and he wasn't someone like overly stupid. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see where the second season goes. Be on the lookout for another review. The show is animated by Tezuka Productions and licensed in America by Funimation, now Crunchyroll, which you can watch the entire, with the dub, the entire show on Crunchyroll.com. So, mm. 
Like and the second season's already out, right? Yeah, it's already done. Like uh, I, they really just started watching it because they were like, "Hey, coming soon to a theater, the quintessential tablets movie." And I'm like, mm. "Okay, if it was popular enough to get a movie that they dubbed and then released in theaters, like that tells me it's not a bad show." You know, I would think enough people liked it to warrant you know spending the money, time, and energy. Right. And like I said, it wasn't bad. Like, it's not like this. It's not like summertime rendering. Where I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This was more like cool. Told a fun story. You know, did some things. I watched some show. It was 12 episodes. It wasn't easy to get through. All right, move on. You know. So, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. I'm going to definitely start watching season two now. I wanted to get through this review because I was afraid if I started watching season two, it would cloud my judgment of season one. And maybe mm-hmm. I'd change my, change my tune. So, yeah. But all right. We've made it to episode 300. We did it. Hell yeah. Now... We gotta get to 350. Or at least a episode 343. So you can be like, done, I've done 200 episodes. Hell yeah. But go. not quite. You'll I be... started at like 143 or something. Yeah, yeah. we can't. I see what you mean. Yeah. 343. Yes. Well, then I'll see you in five years. No. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> You'll be like, I almost got my own house. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, sure, that could be home ownership time. Yeah. Then I can review home ownership. Maybe higher than four out of ten. Depends if my foundation is crumbling. Yeah, two out of ten. Uh but never house again. Never house again, yeah. <laughs> or like nine out of ten, I have seventeen cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually talking to a coworker today. He said that's the one thing he's excited to get a house for, so he can get mm-hmm. more cats. True. Like, you do you, man. Some of our a good amount of apartments let you have a cat. Like, no houses you rent do, because they're like, we're going to sell this house one day, and we'll be damned if your pets fuck it up. Yeah. Uh, but owning a house is the true dream, where you don't pay cat rent, and also no one tells you you can't own them. <laughs> yes, exactly. If I want to have 87 cats, I'll have 87 yeah, cats. Yeah, no one can stop you. Yeah, you don't the, cost me $20 a month anymore, bud. The rating on homeownership goes exponentially up as you get more cats. Yes. Except from the smell. Four, from four to ten out of ten. Yes. Ooh. Except the smell. Uh, all right. Anything else before we head off? Uh, nope. That's all from me. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Stay safe. And uh, man, I need to really start watching some anime so we have another review. I've run out of I've run out of backlog. Uh, uh, don't worry, I'll carry the I'll carry the podcast for one episode. I'll uh, be about Cyberpunk to... next time. In a hundred, in almost two hundred episodes, you've been here, or whatever it's been, man, you're you're finally carrying your load. Yeah, I've been saving up my effort for ten years. Get ready. <laughs> what a review! <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks everybody. Take care. This has been the Bonsai Beat Podcast. If you have any feedback, head over to bonsaibeat.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this episode. While you're there, you can also find our review index, which has a list of all the anime that we've reviewed on the Bonsai Beat Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to add us to your favorite podcatcher. You can find links to do that on our website. Otherwise, we're also on iTunes and Stitcher Radio if that's easier for you. Once again, this is the Bonsai Beat Podcast. Thank you for listening. And if you have any other questions or comments, you can send them to bonsaibeat at gmail.com.